Welcome back to Love Lindsay, a captivating podcast that delves into the realms of things we've written in the past and embraces the sometimes cringy nostalgia that accompanies it. Hello, welcome back, Lindsay lovers and mental health warriors and fellow writers. How's everyone doing? It's winter time, y'all. So, what that means to me is a lot of coming back inside inside our homes, inside ourselves, kind of getting cozy, doing low, slow things to honor the time of year. We're all supposed to kind of be dormant and resting, I believe. So the whole new year, new me thing, which I also kind of get excited about, Um, But I also think it's kind of a facade because we are supposed to be looking inwards at this time of year. And I think that the time where we're really supposed to bust out with all the energy and all the changes is supposed to be springtime. So if you're not doing very well on your New Year's resolutions and all that, just keep that in mind. And take it from me, someone that has dealt with severe depression pretty much her whole life. I have gotten through almost 40 winters now. So I know what it's like to really not look forward to this time of year and looking in. Because it can be, if you're not really happy with yourself and if you're not doing very well, looking in and taking stock of what you have and going inwards might not sound like fun. It might be kind of scary, actually. And that's that's okay. And just the fact that you're acknowledging that maybe you're uncomfortable with it is a really big deal because I think a lot of people just kind of push it down and they don't even acknowledge that they don't like to go inwards and evaluate themselves. They'd rather just kind of live obliviously and take things out on other people um, and not, you know, work on self-improvement at all. So... The fact that you're even acknowledging that looking inwards and improving on yourself is hard, I think means you're one giant leap ahead of most other people. Um, So I've been getting through winters um, for 40 years now, almost I'll be, I'll be 40 in March. Um, So I've learned a few things about getting through winter. One of them is make plans make plans. I know that this generation or two below me um, are not into socializing as much as maybe my generation was. Um, So I just like to point out how important it is, I think, to make plans during the winter. Make plans, take trips, do things with friends, Go out into your community, go out to coffee, go out to lunch, go get a cocktail, get dressed up. You know what I mean? Like find an excuse to like get dressed up and take pictures. Like it can be so easy to just let the weeks go by and week after week you're just kind of stagnant and maybe not feeling like you want to leave because it's cold out. It's gross. You, it might be wet. You don't 
you can't wear like your cute clothes. You have to wear your boots. Everything is muddy. I completely understand, but you've got to give yourself reasons to celebrate. That's why I'm really into continuing to celebrate after the holidays. I've always been very open about that. When I take down my Christmas decorations, I put my winter decorations up. So I've got snowflake lights everywhere. I think Christmas lights are perfect for during the winter. And if you think about it, we, we put our Christmas lights up before winter even officially starts. Winter solstice isn't until December 21st. And by that time, it's almost to Christmas. And then after that, we're expected to take it all down. And so I do take down my Christmas decorations, but then I've got winter decorations I put up. And it's a lot of just your basic Christmas lights. I just love having little lights inside during the winter. I've got snowflake lights. I've got um, faux pine boughs with lights intertwining. And then I've got like a winter theme. So I've got like little ski ornaments, snowshoe ornaments, sleds, ice skates that I hang on the mantle. I've got a little snowy cityscape that I made out of cardboard last year. I cut out like a skyline and drew kind of like gingerbread house style with white and silver ink like markers. Um, I have I have that up on the mantle and then I've got the lights behind it so it looks like there's little lights in the windows. I've got like this little golden sled thing that sits below our TV and then there's two like teddy bears. One is called Eddie Bear and the other one's called Lindsay Bear and they sit there and it's like a little like sledding scene. Um, it just brings me so much joy. I've got different rugs and like towels that I put out just like a winter theme. I've got, I got my winter nails done today. You guys, do you remember the milky blueberry nail color that was so popular over the summer? I got like a take on that, except it's like a powder blue, baby blue. It's called milky blue, I think. And it's got like a chrome shiny like dusting over it and then I got little snowflake designs so I just if you can't beat it join it I celebrate the winter season I do love to snowshoe I love winter hikes I especially love winter hikes at night there's something so romantic and magical about walking in a really like quiet forest with just the sound of like your footsteps. It's so cool. I just, I love that so much. I am also big into having like bonfires during the winter where you can roast marshmallows. I usually burn my school papers from the previous semester. So give yourself things to look forward to. I know I've got my trip booked to go to Florida. It seems like everybody that lives in Michigan, it goes to Florida every spring. And in true Midwestern fashion, Eddie and I have our book, our trip booked. And I feel like that's just what we're going to do every year. It gets you out of the snow, out of the gray and kind of into some sunshine for like a little refresher. So we've got our trip planned for that. So book trips, book time with your friends. It's so important just to get out of the house, get to the gym. But once you've done your thing 
Like, believe me, when I'm done getting out of the house, doing my outdoor, I do at least one outdoor walk a day outside, no matter what, rain or shine. Even if it's like snowing heavily, I just wear a hat. Once I do that, best believe my butt is on the couch and I'm eating like, um, I'm eating ice cream. I'm eating, um, what's that brand? Halo, I think that makes like the really good keto ice cream. Um, and because I already, I did my thing. I pushed myself to get out into the winter. I went and saw my girlfriends. I went to therapy. I went for my walk. I drove down to school. I did my homework and now I'm going to sit my butt on the couch you know, like five o'clock, it's been dark for an hour already. <laughs> like I'm eating my veggies and then I'm going to have my ice cream. And I just love winter nights. Eddie and I always use January and February as like our binge watch months. And we don't, you, we don't watch new stuff January and February for us. And I think it's like a comforting thing is when we binge watch stuff we love. We always kick it off with Harry Potter. We've already done our Harry Potter marathon. Now we're re-watching um, Mad Men, which is one of our favorite shows to watch. The writing is so good. I love the 1960s, mid-century, modern nostalgia. I love the dress, the way they dress. I love the style. I love the music. I love everything. I love... I just even love how they smoke cigarettes. Like I just, I'm like, ah, oh, damn. I would love to just belly up to a bar and have a martini and smoke a cigarette. Like that show just makes it look so glamorous. And um, so we do that. And then February is when we do Valentine's Day slash Star Wars. And I have a Star Wars tree, you guys, that I put up. And there's like heart ornaments and it's a Star Wars themed Valentine's Day. I've got Star Wars and Valentine's Day decorations. And then we, throughout the month of February, we watch all of the Star Wars movies and some of the shows. It's so much fun. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I'm already excited. Like I want to start now, but I wait till February 1st. Why? Because it's something to look forward to. It's so important to me to not just leave these couple of months blank. Like, no. When I don't I don't wait to start having fun until March 13th, my birthday, and then you kick off, you know, then you've got spring, then you've got Easter, things get just like lighter and better and fresher. No, I am giving myself things to look forward to before that. I'm celebrating every weekend. We just celebrated Eddie's birthday. It's January 7th that we, um, his birthday is. And that's another thing that I love is that we've got like three weeks in a row. We've got boom, Christmas, boom, New Year, boom, Eddie's birthday. And I always try to go above and beyond, at least with what, and I try to honor what he wants too, obviously, like, I always ask him when he, what's he, what he wants to do. And I make sure we go and celebrate it. Like, you know, I'm not letting the fact that we've been celebrating for a couple weeks already get me down. Like I'm there, I'm ready to get dressed up. We're going out to eat. I'm wrapping presents. It's not Christmas wrapping paper. Like he, to me, like 
I've never had anybody like close to me in my life that has a birthday so close to Christmas. And so I just love giving him something to look forward to and celebrating him. We went out to dinner, you guys. Do you ever like have your Christmas wish list and it's like, cool, I got so many amazing things, but there was like one last thing on your wish list that you didn't get, or maybe you really didn't expect anybody to get it for you because it's kind of outrageous. And so you wait until after Christmas with like your Christmas money and you buy it for yourself because same, I totally did that. I got myself, I have some low ankle um, height moon boots that are like furry, but I got myself the like shin height tall moon boots. You guys, I made my dreams come true. I am my own sugar daddy. I got myself a pair of moon boots and they're black. So they're perfect. They go with everything. I feel like if I live in Northern Michigan, if I'm halfway between the equator and the North pole, if I'm that far North and I'm also Norwegian, like 75%, thank you very much. I deserve to have moon boots. I deserved to have, I'm going to wear moon boots. Like I live in a place that has a lot of snow in winter. Yeah, no, I'm getting moon boots. I'm getting moon boots. So if you don't know what those are, look them up. They're incredible. They're like astronaut shoes. They're so puffy and fluffy and they remind me of American Girl doll for, for some reason. Um, you can't even tell like which is the left and which is the right foot. Like the footprint is like a complete like perfect oval. <laughs> They're so fun. So I got my moon boots and I wore them um, for our dinner for his birthday dinner, we went out in the town and it was really snowy. So it was perfect. I wore them with like a, like a denim, like jean skirt and like a button up cardigan that has like fur, black fur on the wrists and the collar. And I just felt incredible. I feel invincible with my moon boots on. So make the most out of the winter, get yourself your favorite pair of boots, book that vacation but also like do stuff with your friends, go to the library, do whatever, just get out into the weather and make the most of it. That is my biggest advice to you guys for how to get through this awkward post Christmas winter doldrums time. It cause I mean, it, it's still hard even with everything that I do. Like this week, I'm back to school. Tomorrow, I'll be driving my little Flexi-Mobile down to Grand Valley's campus where I'll be taking neurology. So I'll be studying brains starting tomorrow. Actually, classes started today. I still haven't logged in yet. Like, I'm just, like, not dreading it, but I'm just like, ah, I'll get there when I get there. <laughs> I need to log in and see what's due for this week for, I'm also taking stats and research methods. So I need to check that out. The other thing I do this time of year is I switch up my perfume. So I love a good like winter berry smell theme. Um, anything during this time of year, I want it to be like fresh, fresh, 
but wintry at the same time, if that makes sense. So I went to Ulta and I got a bottle of Ariana Grande's newest perfume, Cloud Pink. I had a smaller bottle of it and I love it. It smells amazing. I was getting kind of sick of the Sol de Janeiro um, scents that I was using because, well, everybody, I feel like everybody is wearing it now, but then also it just doesn't last that long. So I always switch up my perfume this time of year anyway. So it was time to move into a new perfume body smell era along with like the type of candles I burn. I like it to be fresh. I like fruity. I like cotton candy-ish type smells this time of year. So I got a bottle of Cloud Pink and then a bottle of like um, Body Mist from Bath and Body Works that pairs really well with it called Carried Away. And it's kind of like a cotton candy, berry, raspberry, vanilla smell. I love scent layering. And that's another thing that I like to do during the winter is like spray like body sprays perfume. I put my little wallflower diffusers in. I like candles. Um, it's just nice for the senses when we've kind of got everything that's so like cold and sterile. So that's kind of what I spent today doing. Like I did therapy. I got my winter nails done. I went shopping. I got perfume. Um, I got little snackies for my trip down to class this week. I filled up my, I've got a little diffuser in my car to add some moisture to the air because you guys, my skin gets so dry spending a lot of time in the car during the winter with the heater on. So for Christmas, I got a humidifier oil diffuser. So I got some like peppermint oil and I've got that in my car. I've got my cute little I also got like um, a round like floral tissue box that you can put in your cup holder. So I feel like I got my car kind of all pimped out and ready for me to be driving back and forth again. I've got my snacks all together, my fresh crispy notebook and pens ready to go. And I'm ready to learn about brains. Um, but before I do that, I'm going to talk to you guys on this podcast episode today. So I had talked before about how I wanted to address this topic on the show, and I think I'm ready to do it. It's something that means a lot to me. It means a lot to you guys. I want to talk about pets, our pets, ourselves. And I want to talk about how to deal with grief and pet loss. Um, my cat, Peanut, who was my best friend for 17 long years, she passed away in 2020 and she had kidney disease. So, and she moved with me. She was my college roommate. She moved with me to California lived with me in California for a decade, moved back to Michigan with me, and then was with me the first like six months we were at this house. And then she um, passed away. And to me, and I think to most people, 
there's something so horrible and so awful about losing a pet. And I've even heard a lot of people say that it's harder to lose a pet. The grief is worse losing a pet than it is a loved one. Um, just because that pet is someone that you have only good times with and they're just kind of a part of yourself. Um, so I've got so many blogs about this topic. And so I thought I'd kind of take a look back and I want to pass on to you guys what I've learned about grief. Because when I see a struggle coming up ahead in my life, when I know I'm about to go through something, you know what I do? I research it. I research it so it's not so scary. Like when I first met Eddie, you guys, when he was in the army, he obviously, he was an airborne ranger in the army. But um, before he joined the army, he was a funeral director and embalmer, just like he is now. He, you know, rejoined that profession after the army. So when I learned that about him, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get books about death and about the funeral industry so that I'm not so scared of it. And so that I can kind of um, empathize with him and learn more about the profession he's in. So when I found out that Peanut was sick, I got books on pet grief and loss and how to deal with it. And so I just kind of want to pass that information on to you guys because I learned a lot. And I think because of what I did, and I'll tell you exactly everything I did, because I of what I did, I think I dealt with her passing away much better than I would have if I had just ignored it and acted like it was never going to happen. And just didn't think about it. Like I had a pre-grieving process that I went through. It was a whole thing. So I'm just going to go through and read some blog posts um, and things that I've written in diaries and stuff about um, losing Pina and finding out she's sick and all that. So this first blog post is called Let's Talk About Death. And it was published on April 2nd, 2018. And I start the blog saying, no, seriously, as a wife of a funeral director and embalmer, I am often asked, how do you deal with his job? Doesn't it upset you? Things like that. And when I first met Eddie, he was deployed in the army. We were getting to know each other online and on the phone. And whenever he would tell me about something he was interested in, I'd get a book about it. That's just what I was telling you guys. When I learned what his job was before and for a few years during his army career, I found an amazing book called Stiff, The Curious Lives of Human Cadavers by Mary Roach. Highly recommend that book. I dove right in, unsevered, head first in the world of what happens to us, or at least our bodies, after we die. Since then, Mary Roach has written several books, and I recommend each one. I found out the book had part written about the now-closed mortuary school where Eddie got his education to get his um, embalmer's license. It also had an interview with one of his beloved past professors. So, naturally, I gave him the book as a Christmas gift. After these events, the dark and shadowy place my mind went to when I thought of death had been enlightened. But when it comes to grief, well, 
no books can shield us or really prepare us for that fully. But it might help. You may remember a recent blog post I wrote explaining that my cat, Peanut, who is 14 years old, and we've been together since she was two weeks old, and I was only 19, had been diagnosed with chronic renal failure. There is no cure for animals with failing kidneys. They don't fix themselves as the liver does, and there's not a donor program for pets. Not that giving your pet the trauma of trying out a new organ is the best idea anyway, anyway or anyhow. Grief is a shot in the dark and one of those processes where you never know what you'll get on a daily basis. Of course, it's devastating when a person dies. This we know. But there is something different about losing a pet. With a cat or dog, you've known only good times and warm feelings, so our attachment is very different. Just as with an el elderly married couple, if one of them dies and the other isn't getting that daily dose of dopamine and familiarity and can make the process even harder. As a child, I can remember thinking and even saying things like, at least my cat loves me, or having feeling of pride and commitment to one's first pet. Having a cat as an adult doesn't really change that feeling. It just changes the way we think about it and express it. There are many instances where a person loses a beloved pet and can't talk about it for two years without tearing up, but was able to talk fondly and comfortably of their parents shortly after they had passed away. How do I know this? Online support groups for grief. Yes, I am researching and preparing myself for grief. My cat is still with us and I have already gone from crying about it on a daily basis to pre-planning her at-home euthanasia and studying the symptoms of her illness that are common so I would know ahead of time where I would draw the line between having a good quality of life and when to say goodbye. Oh shit, typing that last sentence, especially the word goodbye, sure made me tear up though. As anything in life, going through the grief process is going to be more troubling for those prone to depression and other mental illnesses. Again, it's the big question of, am I having a depression episode or am I just grieving normally? Yes, I know there is no quote-unquote normal, but I have found a book that does define normal ways of grieving for a pet because so many adults have such a hard time with it and our fellow adults don't see what the big deal is. Because of this, there are actually quite a few books out there on this subject. And thank God, because I was already wondering how I was going to literally survive this change in my life. I'll show and tell what I found and maybe it will help someone else out there going through the same thing. While I do see a therapist, and I could have heard it from her, I was relieved to find out that my reaction was normal, quote unquote. This book is where I learned it first. I was having a hard time distinguishing my depression symptoms to my sadness and crying or finding out Peanut's diagnosis. The simplest words are really the best when you are looking for understanding. Here's, the, here's a quote from the book back cover. You just came home from the veterinarian's office and it feels like your heart is on a roller coaster ride. You heard that your cat has a life-threatening illness. She has one week 
or at best, a few months to live. Your veterinarian tells you, there is no cure. You say to yourself, what am I going to do with the loss of my cat? My heart is breaking. Rest assured there is help with this grief book. Consider it part of your support team for pet bereavement. Your emotional emergency first aid kit that will support you through the roller coaster ride and that you are about to take. And that is a quote from the book, My Cat is Dying, What Do I Do? by Wendy Van De Poel. This writer is really helping me through these before stages. There is also a chance to do some journaling type feedback at the end of each chapter, which I love. Writing about things that are difficult can make a huge difference. Case in point, this blog. I'll be getting another book from her series when the time comes. This next book is hands-on and really sweet. I do love this journal. My husband and I have had some fun and cute memories come up while answering all the questions in this journal. There are places for photos. It asks questions that prompt you to remember things you might have forgotten, precious memories. There are parts of the journal you can fill in before and after you lose your pet. This book is also dog friendly too, or any pet really. It doesn't specify. Now, instead of feeling overwhelmed 24-7, I set aside, set aside time to be with Peanut. Special time where I can really focus on her and use my journals and books. There are other things that I am slowly growing through to pick out as well, such as pet memorial jewelry as well. I'm saving those ideas and setting them aside for later. Thank you so much for reading this and being here with me on my journey. If you have anything to share, feel free to comment me below or fill out or email message box on the blog's main page. I hope everyone had a wonderful Easter. So that's just one of the blog posts I wrote concerning Peanut's illness. So let's read another one called Kitty, Kitties and Kidney Disease. This one was actually posted December 31st, 2019, New Year's Eve. And then I have a picture of Peanut on here sitting in front of my therapy light. Do you guys have a therapy light? Because they're a lifesaver during um, the winter months. Even if you live someplace sunny like California, and I used one when I lived in California, it's a light that you use in the morning and it helps get your circadian rhythm going. It kind of mimics getting up and getting sunlight in your eyes. If you guys need a link for a therapy light that I recommend, just let me know. I'll give you the link for the one I found on Amazon. Anyway, let's get back to the blog. So I start the blog saying, we are reaching the three-year anniversary of my cat Peanut's renal failure and kidney disease diagnosis. We are so blessed to still have her at our side. Though I believe her extra time on earth here with us is a blessing from God, there is no doubt that we have helped her longevity. I thought I'd write a post about how we treat her illness, what the costs are, and how she has handled it. This may be a pretty niche topic, but most of us have pets and all of us can understand the love for an animal. In this post previously, I talked about the ways I dealt with Peanut's diagnosis and preparations for her death. 
A few days after finding out her diagnosis of kidney disease, she was exposed to lily pollen and started renal failure. We hospitalized her and through prayer and thousands of dollars, she pulled through. The kidney disease is something probably brought on by her years of hyperthyroidism, which we give her transdermal methamazole twice daily for. And transdermal just means that I rubbed the medication on her ear and she absorbed it that way. Friends, please know that yearly blood tests and checkups are extremely important for catching things in their early stages of development. Beginning at eight years old, a cat becomes a quote unquote senior and most veterinarians suggest yearly blood panels starting at this time. This is how we caught her hyperthyroidism and started treating it inexpensively and added countless years and quality to her life. This is also how we caught her kidney values declining and knew exactly when to start treating her for it. If you want your pet to live longer, happier, and healthier lives and don't want them to suffer as an elderly family member, then yearly or biannual exams are a must. Having a pet can be deceptively inexpensive during their younger years, so please realize many diseases that come up can be treated easily as they age. Now that I've lectured you enough, let's move on. Once she was in the clear and stable, we took Peanut home and switched out her, her food for a Hills prescription diet KD for felines. Insider info. This stuff stinks. Literally, it smells bad, but Peanut loves it. The kidneys filter waste and toxins from the blood and maintain the normal balance of fluid and minerals within the body. As pets age, damage to kidney tissues may occur. This process is irreversible and leads to loss of kidney function. Cats with decreased kidney function may experience loss of appetite and their food intake might decline which may lead to loss of muscle mass. The Hills nutritionists that made the food and veterinarians developed the prescription diet, KD, clinical nutrition to support cats, kidney function, and help sustain muscle mass. In fact, the nutrition of KD is clinically tested nutrition to improve and lengthen quality of life. And that was taken from the Hills website. Another product that we use and can put right into our food is a Pacotin powder. This works by using the active ingredient Cheetosun, which is a natural polysaccharide derived from shells of shrimp and crab. These ingredients naturally bind phosphorus, which limits the absorption of phosphorus from the intestines. This limitation helps pets with chronic kidney renal disease by slowing down damage caused by the disease. The biggest adjustment was adding 100 milliliters of fluids to her daily routine. We give these fluids subcutaneously. That's a big word meaning under the skin, not intravenously. Basically, we grab the chunk of skin on the nape of Peanut's neck or back where they have extra skin that mama cats use when they are kittens. We grab that and place the needle into the skin towards the bottom. Once placed in, there might be some bleeding occasionally, but that only happens a handful of times. We turn the fluids on and the injection starts. She is super good with her fluids and we have been doing them daily for almost three years now. 
That's just a normal part of her life. Giving the fluids takes anywhere from two to five minutes. We're pretty fast when giving them as a team, but also have mastered doing fluids by ourselves when need be. These fluids are basically saline or salt water that help keep her hydrated. Her urine clumps are enormous, so that tells us that she is losing a lot of her hydration from regular food and water consumption. When she gets her fluids, they are absorbed under her skin slowly and help to alleviate dehydration. We used to hang her fluid bags from a hook in the ceiling at our condo in San Francisco. While we were briefly renting, once we moved to Michigan, we decided to get one of those fluid bag poles you see at the hospitals, and it's honestly super handy. And you guys, it's still in our basement to this day. Another thing we did when we found out she was sick was had a good friend of ours who happens to be a Catholic priest come over and pray with us for little Peanut. He laid hands on her and spoke beautiful words and was also kind enough to bless a small St. Francis pendant for us. We now hang that pendant next to her fluids and when we and we think it's helped a lot. St. Francis is said to be the patron saint of animals. These things that we do for her cost a lot but are worth it. When it's all totaled up, her medication and prescription food cost about $500 a month. We save a little bit by having Chewy.com deliver her supplies. Then I uh, put pictures of Peanut getting her fluids. And another picture of Peanut captioned, This isn't so bad. Poor baby girl. Let's move on. This, let's see. I want to find... COVID-19 and kitties. I feel like that's probably the natural best one to read. This one is harder because it, it just, you'll see, it's just a really hard day. So it's called COVID-19 and kitties, March 21st, 2020. Here's another post about my cat. You guys, call me crazy, but it won't be the last one, even though she is no longer with us on Earth. As many of you know, Peanut has passed away peacefully with Mommy and Daddy by her side on Friday, March 20th at approximately 11.30 a.m. She is in the greatest of care in heaven. She is bounding and free and happy, and we are so happy for her to leave this life that has become so painful for her. Now we are left in a world of hurt and pain but so is everyone else because of Corona or COVID. Remember when we used to call it Corona? <laughs> Makes me think of beer. I know we all feel like we're going a little crazy with all the new changes to our way of life. And Eddie and I are certainly getting used to our new way of life without peanut as well. How am I able to start writing about this? And it's only been 24 hours is an enigma to me, but somehow I have found the strength to open my laptop and open my heart to share this with you. But getting out of the house responsibly has helped me out as well. We're safely going for short walks in our neighborhood. And because Eddie still has to work at the funeral home, I've been able to go in with him to quote unquote help as well. I'm here with him now, actually. We're sitting at his desk and he is working on obituaries and I am working on this here blog. 
And I just had the fantastic idea of writing an obituary for Peanut. So stay tuned for that. So exciting, right? LOL. Sigh. We are not as highly functioning all the time as it may seem in the previous paragraph. There's a lot of walking around aimlessly in our house, sobbing. Sometimes when I'm sobbing and wailing and our new bird pistachio can't tell the difference between happy or sad noises and likes to react to all the sounds. So even when I'm sobbing out loud, he is chirping a fierce and happy song back at me, reminding me that I am not alone. I am crying out randomly when the sharp pains of grief stick through my chest. It feels like someone is pulling my heart out of my body through my back. It takes my breath away. It literally hurts my chest. The grief is so very physical. I find it ironic that my last blog post was about my daily life because I had started to really feel like I had a routine I enjoyed and was proud of. And now look how it has all changed. No more caring for Peanut. No more shifts at the shop downtown. No more gyrokinesis classes. Very hard and sad for us all that we are losing these little opportunities we have to meet as a community and heal. I was sort of feeling sorry for myself that I'm not able to do all the little things one can do to distract during this incredibly hard time of grief. I can't go to the movies or out to a nice meal. Getting out of the house now, even to go to work, is such a blessing. I hope I don't lose that soon, but I may. I'm preparing for that. I'm just trying to stick with Eddie as much as possible. As many of you know, he is my best friend and our little triad of Peanut, Eddie, and I is missing a leg right now. So Eddie and I are desperately need each other. I thought I was going to be handling this much worse than I am. But also, how can I be surprised? You guys, I have been grieving her for years. Years already. Remember my very first post when she was diagnosed? Here it is. I'll read that next. I already did read that to you guys. Never mind. That was April 2018. She was diagnosed in January 2018. There have been so many different parts of the illness and processes that have allowed us to grieve in similar increments. Before Pina even died, I would spend hours crying about it sometimes. I felt crazy at that time for crying about the thought of losing her when she was perfectly healthy. But I think it was preparing myself little by little. We have donated all of her extra medical supplies, such as fluid and medications, prescription food, and cat litter to our local animal hospital. They were very grateful for everything, and I couldn't have asked for a better experience. Here's a link to their website in case anyone in the Traverse City area is looking for a veterinarian. We, of course, kept all of her personal items, such as toys, blankets, favorite blankets and cushions, and I have been saving peanut hair from brushing and whiskers for years. There are so many fantastic artists out there who make the most beautiful keepsakes with these small memories of our friends. Stay tuned for all the cremain jewelry, paw prints, felted replicas of her fur, because I am getting all of the keepsakes, just like any other sane cat lady would. I think I'll go over more intimate details of saying goodbye to Pina at a later time, but I will say it was so peaceful. I felt the angels surrounding her before she was even gone. I have made it a point to document the process leading up to her passing on social media. It may seem like a strange thing to do to share something so horribly sad, 
but I am in the habit now of sharing some of my hardest, most intimate details online so that others can take comfort in knowing they are the only ones to go through this. Here's a link to my Facebook and you can see all the little video updates. The best way to view this journey though is by looking at my peanut and peanut two stories on my Instagram stories. If you have mental illness, you are not alone. If you are depressed or anxious or have daily panic attacks, me too, you're not alone. If you've just lost a loved one and are completely devastated already on top of all the scary COVID stuff, you are not alone. I know that every time humans are under a crisis like this, our special fuzzy critters and pets are also going to be affected. You know how much I care about all animals. So to combat the fear, I am going to help animals the best way I can. I know that many animals need homes right now as shelters are cutting down on staff and it's becoming harder to adopt. But there are animals who need homes. What a great time to get a special fuzzy friend and bond together while you are home for these next weeks. Kittens and puppies are easier to train when you are home with them during this crucial first months. Please think about giving a furry friend a home. The Dave Ramsey in me also wants to remain frugal in these times. And though adopting a fuzzy baby is, attempt is tempting right now, remember that they do cost money, even the quote-unquote free ones. Please make sure you have enough money to comfortably care for them in case they get sick or injured. You don't want the guilt on your heart if you couldn't afford the care they needed. So maybe fostering is a better idea for some of us. If you call the local shelters, I am sure they will guide you to certain critters who need a temporary home. Animals are so healing to me. So a lot of my advice, advice right now involves looking to our animal friends. I am putting more bird seed outside and snacks for squirrels and always lots of fresh water for the neighborhood cats and squirrels to drink. I keep a fountain on our front porch that has, has a water warmer so it doesn't freeze. I woke up this morning to so many paw prints in the snow layer on our front deck, so I know they were lapping up the water and grateful for the drink. I'm always looking for any way to watching animals and seeing animals in any capacity. They just bring me so much joy. What am I doing for my mental health right now? Let me tell you, a lot. I've already had a couple of therapy sessions via Zoom. <laughs> An app that businesses use to have teleconferences. Wow. Oh my God. Zoom was new to all of us then. That's so crazy. And I have also had a virtual appointment with my psychiatrist and both know what I'm currently going through. It's important I keep them updated. Please reach out to your therapist or find one. Let them know how you are doing. Find a mental health provider if you can. All of us should, really. If you are uninsured or can't afford help, please contact NAMI, N-A-M-I, who works for us nationwide. I'm also I'll also share that we decided to take a small break from TTC or trying to conceive. I've decided to take a break from trying for now for one reason, medication. Let's take the stigma out. Ready? Let me tell you that I have needed to take Xanax and use my medical marijuana card to help me through this process with peanut. I'm not ashamed to say I've needed these medications right now. And I realize that they're not safe for pregnancy. So for that reason, I am going to take the next cycle off. I'm not sure. I'm sure not taking hormones for one month may help ease the emotional side effects. 
But also I need to remember that I have PCOS and my hormones are always out of whack anyway. Let me tell you guys something so super sad but true. I would sometimes wonder, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but I sort of wondered if maybe Peanut was going to somehow know when I got pregnant and then leave. Isn't that ridiculous? But I couldn't help but wonder. Maybe somehow I would get knocked up and Peanut would be like, okay, well, they got their baby and I can die happy now. I'm rolling my eyes at myself. I knew that wasn't going to happen deep down inside. But I was a few days late last week and I was like, well, maybe. Sorry for the TMI, but I woke up on the morning of a euthanasia appointment and I got my fucking period. No joke. I knew I was going to get it the day I had to bring my cat in to be put down. We make plans and God laughs, right? However, I am so relieved for the chance to take my anxiety meds freely for the time being and look forward and look after my own health first. I have so much to share, you guys, and new ideas and plans, things that don't involve talking about peanut, but everything I'm doing right now is coming from a place of love for her. Please email me, message me, call me if you want. And to all of you who have helped us through this hard time, thank you so very much. We will still need your support, but so far we are getting through it. Maybe I will post a blog about how my birthday went because that was honestly the last hurrah for my family and close friends. We all went out on the town one last time and even Peanut pepped up for the weekend and was able to say goodbye to my family who visited. What a beautiful weekend it was. God bless Peanut. She just held on long enough. How in the world am I so lucky? So anyway, yeah, my birthday was fantastic and I think I'll write about things we did because I am just missing the ability to go out and play around town right now. What else do you guys want to hear about? You want to hear about my new podcast idea? Because I've been dying to share that too. Ooh, you guys, and now I'm doing the podcast now. That's so weird. I got goosebumps. Well, I'll keep in touch, okay? Thank you so much, everyone, for messaging support. And I feel all the love. I feel like I always need to close out with a reminder to support local businesses. And here's a link to my Etsy store because I am currently unable to work as well. So every freaking dollar helps, y'all. <sighs> Please feel free to share my blog as well. Every new reader helps and in the fight to break the stigma. How can I support you? And then I put some pictures of me and Peanut on there. Someone wrote, I think this is one of your best blogs, albeit one of the saddest. It's very well written with a beautiful flow. So that's just a little taste into what I experienced with pet loss and pet grief. And I think I have one more. I'll read about the new way through grief. So this is about grief in general. And this was published March 30th, 2020. I start the blog saying, I can't tell where my grief for peanut ends and the grief for our old life begins, as in life changes due to COVID-19. It's all blending together. And yes, grief for our old life, even though it hasn't been that different for that long yet, 
But today I learned about something called anticipatory grief, which is the grief we have for our future that we planned for which no longer is viable. And then check out this article. Anticipatory grief is that feeling we get about what the future holds when we're uncertain. Usually it centers on death. We feel it when someone gets a dire diagnosis or when we have the normal thought that we'll lose a parent someday. Anticipatory grief is also some more broadly imagined futures. There is a storm coming. There's something bad out there with a virus. This kind of grief is so confusing for people. Our primitive mind knows something bad is happening, but you can't see it. This breaks our sense of safety. We're feeling that loss of safety. I don't think we've collectively lost our sense of general safety like this. Individually or as smaller groups, people have felt this, but all together, this is new. We are grieving on a micro and macro level. And the article discussing grief and death in the time of the coronavirus as most of you know, my husband is a funeral director, and this article discusses what the future of his job holds. Many funeral homes have already been using things like Facebook Live to extend the reach out to family members and friends who want to mourn together. This will now start being the norm. Many people are dying due to the virus, and many more will die. What can we do to feel some sense of control? Many things. All of these things were important before the outbreak of COVID-19, but are now just more in focus. First of all, stay inside, please. We know the reason why, to flatten the curve, of course. Please remember that when the ambulance comes to pick you or your loved one up, who may be experiencing troubles with the virus more than you can treat at home, remember that you won't be going with them. You won't be able to be there and hold their hand while they get treatment. And this also means if you're hospitalized, you won't have your loved ones at your side. I'm not saying this to be negative or scary, but some of us, I think, need to be reminded of this fact when we feel like taking a chance. If you care more for your pets than people, which is honestly my attitude sometimes, then maybe it would help you to take it more seriously if you knew about the CDC's recommendation that we do not interact with our pets after testing positive. There have been some reports that our cats and dogs are getting sick from this virus. Yes, cats and dogs and other animals have their own types of corona that we can't catch or vice versa. But there is some evidence now coming in that we may be passing COVID-19 to our beloved pets. The CDC doesn't have enough evidence yet to support this. They obviously feel like it's worth avoiding it to send out this statement. They're suggesting that those testing positive for COVID-19 should no longer be the ones caring for our pets. Do you have other family members in your home that can take care of your pets while you're ill? The CDC is re recommending that those of us who are testing positive to discontinue petting, snuggling, kissing, and sharing food with our pets. Sharing food. The very comfort we crave most we crave most may be unavailable when we get sick. If you're worried about how your loved ones will be affected by your getting sick or worse, then let your family know what your preferences are for funeral services. It can't hurt. Any info you pass on about your wishes will help them make difficult decisions after you're gone. Do you prefer cremation? Green burial? What type of service? Religious affiliations? Although the services 
after a death are more for the living to benefit from, sometimes knowing what your spouse or parents desire can make those awful choices a little bit easier to make. Do you have any life insurance set up? Because now's the time. God, this blog is depressing as hell. The last thing you want to be thinking about when dealing with a death in the family is financial problems. Make sure your loved ones know how to access everything that will be vital for your aftercare. Again, this isn't to scare or feed the hysteria. Death is just a part of life. We will all face it sooner or later. Why not use this as an opportunity to open a dialogue with your loved ones? Just acknowledging these uncomfortable topics can help us feel a little more control. If we know our loved ones have the resources they need to make the transition in life without you, it can help you focus more on the here and now. So if you don't know where to start, now is the time to contact funeral homes and take care of your pre-need arrangements. Do this before the funeral homes become swamped with extra work from the COVID-19 patients. Most pre-need information and planning can be done over the phone or email, so there's no need to break your quarantine or physical distancing effort. Same thing with contacting your lawyer for life insurance and estate planning needs. If you still don't feel comfortable speaking with your family about your wishes, then at least plan with a local funeral home and let your family know which funeral home or director to contact when the time comes. Reassure them that everything is planned and that you've tried to make it easy for them as possible. Didn't expect this little blog to become such an advertisement for funeral homes, but here we are anyway. There are honestly hundreds of topics I want to write about now, but obviously this topic is close to my heart. If you have any questions or concerns about these things, reach out to me. I'll always do my best to give you any information or simply be a sympathetic ear. Many of us are dealing with severe grief for the first time, and it's very scary. Whether it's grief for an old way of life or grief over death, grief is hard for everyone. Right now is the time to discuss it, make your plans, and then move on with your life. So that was an interesting blog post, I think, about just the mindset that I was in then about planning, just very, like, matter-of-fact. But, of course, I would be because of the profession that Eddie's in, and I worked at funeral homes before, too, so it it is just kind of a very matter-of-fact thing. I feel like that is a good amount to read to you guys today. I hope that this hasn't been too depressing for you. I hope that this, that this podcast episode has been enlightening and that if anything, you've learned that if you're coming up to something hard, learning as much as possible about it and getting books about it will always help no matter what and that it's best to get to the root of your problems by going through them not around and really if something scares you to learn so much about it that it no longer scares you I just think that's so important and it's such a good way to go through life Because as much as I'm a Pisces and I'm a dreamer and I love to have my head in the clouds, I'm also very academic and I'm very much a learner. 
And I feel like I'm able to have my head in the clouds and daydream because I'm also rooted in fact and in responsibility. And I feel like I earn my time of being able to relax and be nostalgic because I also put in my time working on self-improvement and learning new things. So anyway, I think that's about it for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to give me a rating on Spotify or whatever platform you are listening on. I really appreciate it. Um, Female-led podcasts are um, not as popular as male-led podcasts, so I just I love all your support. I love all your feedback. Um, I just can't believe week after week these numbers keep going up and I just keep getting more and more listeners out there. You guys, we're doing it. We're creating a little family of Lindsay lovers and it's just making all of my dreams come true. Honestly, like this podcast is amazing. You guys are incredible. Thank you so much for all of your support. And I will see you guys here next Wednesday on another episode of Love, Lindsay.